Welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout podcast. This is episode number eight, The Modern Guide to Codependency and Burnout. This is part four of four. In this episode, we get into self-care 101, how to shift from others-focused to self-focused, how to cultivate self-soothing practices, and defining your self-worth. We're getting into it in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week, I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. We're back. We're talking about codependency and burnout for the fourth part of our four-part series, and today we're getting into everything self-care related. And here's the thing, let's go back to that simple definition of codependency, abandoning your own needs, abandoning yourself over and over again to tend to someone else. And that self-abandonment over time definitely can lead to burnout, definitely can lead to you feeling depleted, exhausted, emotionally spent. And today I want to get really clear on what's the difference between being others-focused versus self-focused because I think that especially with being a woman, women traditionally are conditioned to think that a lot of these things are just a part of being being a woman, being a caretaker, being motherly, being kind, being quote nice. And I think it's really important to get really clear on what does it mean to shift to focusing on yourself, to getting really clear on what are my needs? How do I take care of myself? How do I make sure that my flame doesn't burn out? And to do that, first we need to get really clear on what's the difference between self-focused and others-focused. Now, when you think about codependency or people-pleasing tendencies, we think about almost being a palm tree in the wind. And sometimes that wind can be like a hurricane blowing ever so gently or aggressively from side to side. And I use a palm tree because other people have such control of us. We want to make sure another person feels or acts a certain way. And when that person does what we want them to do, when they're happy, when they're content, when all is well, our palm tree is perfectly still. But when that person has a mood swing or when we feel as if we did something wrong or they're angry at us or they're hurt, the palm tree really aggressively could almost tip over. The wind is really swaying us. So when you're others focused, your anxiety and your palm tree is calm when another person is behaving as you would expect them to behave. 
when their emotions are the way you would want their emotions to be, when you're caretaking or fixing them and they're appreciative and grateful and all of those things, it's getting your calm and your peace from serving another person or tending to another person. And for me personally, I usually know that I'm others focused when I'm talking a lot about someone else. Not in the sense of gossiping, but when I'm worrying obsessively about someone else. Either, hmm, are they mad at me? What did they think of that? Ooh, did I do the right thing? Well, what do they think is the right thing? Hmm, did I offend them? When I start thinking about someone's safety, oh, well, did they make it home okay? Hmm, maybe I should have asked them if they needed a ride home. Do they have everything that they need? Hmm, did that person forget their lunch today? Whenever I start shifting my focus from what's going on in my own internal space to someone else, I usually know that that's a codependent pattern for me. So others focused, when you're in that space, it could be so automatic that the thought of one, recognizing it, seems hard, but two, shifting that focus to self could be even harder. That's why self-awareness is so important because the better you understand what your patterns are, the better you could recognize and change them. Now, the difference between being others-focused and self-focused is when you're self-focused, instead of being a, a palm tree that sways so easily, I think about a strong evergreen tree. My grandma has one in in her backyard. It's been there God knows how long. It's a very strong, firmly planted tree. The roots run deep. It doesn't matter what windstorms come. That that tree barely, if at all, sways and it is not coming down. It is very strong and sturdy. And when you think of self-focused, think of yourself being deeply rooted in who you are, what your values are, what your boundaries are, who you want to be as a, as a woman, you're deeply rooted into that. And your focus is on what you can control. It is on your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own actions. Having a solid foundation, a strong self-esteem where your validation comes from within, not from outside sources. And what I mean by that is I recently heard a saying from my friend Franny. She told me this quote, and we're going to get to this when we talk about self-care. When you're constantly, there's all there's that one quote that says, when you fill your cup, you could then fill everyone else's cup. And it's about keeping your cup full. And my friend Franny put a different spin on that. She mentioned that, She heard, let your cup be so full that it overflows and you give from the overflow. And when you think about, which I love by the way, and we'll we'll get into that more when we talk about self-care 101. When we think about validation, if we have a cup and if our cup has water in it and the water is halfway full and Every time someone tells us something positive, whether it be something as simple as, I like your earrings, I like the color of your car, wow, great job today, 
way to work hard, way to get it done. Whenever you hear compliments from other people, those droplets trickle into your cup. So as those compliments keep coming in, your cup gets fuller. Then life happens. You get criticized. You get feedback. You get constructive feedback. Your boss says, hey, these are the things you need to work on. Your partner says, these are the things that I'm not happy with. And someone in your life knocks you down. You, you get negative, negative feedback. And when that happens, when you don't have that overflow of internal validation, then it pours out some of your water from your cup. So that eventually, when you hear enough constructive or criticizing things, eventually your cup will completely empty and will knock over. Whereas when your cup is full and overflowing with internal validation, you don't need the external stuff. When you know that these are my strengths and this is what I'm good at and this is who I am and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not being the best at these things because I am excellent at those things. When you know who you are, you're self-assured, you're strong, you're able to look at feedback and say, this is what's useful. This is what's not useful. Let me consider the source. My internal validation is so strong, it's so overflowing that it doesn't matter what you say because my overflow is just going to replenish the water that you take out. And that's what I mean when I say self-focus versus others-focus. When you're others-focused, not only does your palm tree sway, but your cup could eventually run dry as life happens or as you perceive things in a critical manner, as you receive things in a judgmental manner. Then eventually your cup's going to run out, it's going to run dry, it's going to knock over, you're going to be exhausted, you're going to be depleted, and you're not going to feel good. Whereas when you're self-focused and you're that strong, evergreen, deeply rooted, sturdy tree, your cup is overflowing. That validation is replenished with the overflow. And shout out to Franny for giving me that overflow example because I think that so clearly, in my mind, puts a really clear picture on what it means for that validation to come from within. Now... Also, when you're self-focused, I also think of the word delighted. You delight in who you are, not in a conceited way, not in a boastful way, but you're very comfortable in who you are, not just comfortable, but you love spending time with yourself. You truly embody being your own best friend. You're delighted in being who you were created to be. This means you do things that you want to do and you make no apologies for it, you love big, you give, your heart is kind, and you also know how to focus on yourself, make sure your needs are met, and you aren't afraid to be seen, to show up, you make no apologies, you lay it all on the table, and you're truly proud of who you are. And I know for me, when I was really deep in codependency and being very others-focused, I was so judgmental on myself. My inner critic was so loud, and because of that, it affected me externally. I judged others harshly because I was judging myself so harshly. 
And I always thought that others were judging me. I remember being like a freshman or a sophomore in college thinking I didn't want to go to the dining hall by myself. I need. I wanted to make sure I had someone to eat with because I didn't want to be not with someone. I mean, God forbid, people would think that I didn't have friends. And looking back, so ridiculous. Like here I am. Um, I went on an entire cruise by myself. I go... I go for five course meals by myself. Like that's <laughs> that's what happens though. When you're when you're hard on yourself, when your inner critic is loud, you believe that everyone is criticizing you and perceiving you in a negative way because your self-esteem is so low. And the goal would be for your self-focus to be so strong that that validation is replenished over and over again and that the External validation is icing on the cake or just doesn't matter. Now, what the heck do we do? How do we shift from others-focused to self-focused? And yes, it involves self-care practices. Yes, it involves taking care of yourself. But to make that transition from others-focused to self-focused, first and foremost, you need to believe that you are worthy. You need to recognize, yes, I am worthy of taking care of myself. Yes, I don't need to continually beat myself up, treat myself like trash, and then not show up for myself. I am worthy of giving my best effort to me. And what I know about codependency and what I've learned, and this came from the Codependent No More book, is that when you're codependent, Your self-worth is very heavily tied up into other people. You get your self-worth either from what you do, what what your profession is, what family you come from, what car you drive, not who you are. You have difficulty asking for what you need. You might not even know what you need. You depend on others to make you feel happy. To keep your palm tree not swaying, you need other people to be happy so you could be happy. You feel joy only when loved ones are happy too. And you look for answers outside of yourself because you don't trust yourself. And it truly, it's such a cliche thing to say, but when you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. You can't love anyone else because You're usually too focused on making sure the other person has a positive view of you or loves you enough or you always want to control their perception of you. And that could be incredibly damaging in relationships and it also takes a major, major, major toll on your self-esteem. And when we accept that we are worthy, when we truly know That simply by being alive, we are enough, we are worthy. Taking care of yourself is not a luxury. It is not something that should happen when you're in a crisis. It should happen daily. And a really clear comparison, I think, is think about your car. When you have a car, there's two different types of care. There's maintenance care and then there's episodic care. So you have maintenance care, getting your oil changed, getting your tires rotated. If you live in the snowy places, making sure you have snow tires, putting gas in your car whenever you need gas, 
who maybe going above and beyond and cleaning it, vacuuming it, keeping the junk out. Now, that would be maintenance care. Then there's episodic care. Episodic care would be your brakes broke and you need new brakes. It would mean you're in a car accident and you need your your the body of your car repaired. It would be those oh crap moments where you need to intervene and and your car needs to be brought into the shop for an unplanned visit. <laughs> and the same holds true as human beings. We have episodic care and we have maintenance care. When your maintenance care game is strong, when you show up and take care of yourself on the daily, then when big things happen, when life happens, when a tragedy strikes, when unexpected news happens, when illness hits, when we're on month 53 of a global pandemic, the hope would be that your self-care practices are so strong that yes, life can hold you back and can cause you to take a step back, but that you have the tools in place to survive and eventually to go from crisis to surviving to then back to thriving. And recently I heard a quote that says, when you don't make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. And isn't that the truth? Think about it. It doesn't matter if we're talking about um, physical health, your weight, how you treat your body, how you feel your body, how you move or don't move your body. That eventually, you could ignore it for so long, but eventually it's going to catch up to you and you will be forced to make a change and or not. You might not make the change and it might lead to lasting consequences. So we know that self-care is important. We know that it's important to fill your cup so much that it overflows. But how do we accept that we are worthy of that? And unfortunately, when our self-worth is tied up in other people, it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not just going to go from, I'm blown in the wind every time I, I get feedback from another person. Or anytime a person's upset with me, I feel badly about myself. Or I question my worth as a human being. Or I feel shameful. That's not going to go away overnight. And the cool thing is recognizing, okay, it's not going to go away overnight. Okay, this is normal. These types of feelings are normal for someone struggling with codependency. Normalize it. And then really being able to look at what can I do to move forward? What can I do? Well, simply by taking action and showing yourself that you're worthy. So doing it scared, saying, okay, I know that I feel badly and I'm worried and I'm anxious and I feel like an awful person, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give myself what I need anyways. Every time you do that, you validate to yourself that you are worthy. And over time, the more you keep practicing embodying that worthiness, eventually the hope would be that your cup will become fuller and fuller and fuller so that that internal validation, that internal Boost of worthiness eventually overflows. Now, how do we take care of ourselves? So now that we know, we're going to do it scared. We're going to do it even when we don't believe we're worthy of doing it. What do we need to do? What if you don't even know what you need? And there's so many different self-care practices. And I think somewhere along the line, self-care 
has taken a turn to be to be very um, popularized, if you will, or Instagram friendly. Massages, dark chocolate, um, champagne, but it's so much deeper than that. We have our basic needs as human beings. Start there. Are you sleeping enough? Are you nourishing your body? How are you nourishing your body? Are you eating fast food and processed food all the time? Are you over-consuming sugar? I'm not saying that sugar is bad. I'm not saying that sugar is the devil. I'm not saying that you need to eat, quote, clean. Um, I'm definitely more in alignment with no food rules. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you're eating things that make you feel good and that you're not overeating or undereating. You need to make sure that you're nourishing, nourishing your mind, your body, your soul. Are you moving your body? Movement is non-negotiable. Guidelines recommend 30 minutes of movement per day for an American adult, and that's minimum. People say, Amber, why do you work out all the time? Or Amber, why why do you need to move all the time? Movement is magical, and all of our bodies need it. Things change inside you when you move your body. You feel better when you move your body. It doesn't matter if if it's a 15-minute walk away from your house and then turn around and walk right back. Movement matters and it is magical. Nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. Connect with yourself. Look within. Ask yourself, what do I need? Okay, I feel uncomfortable. What would make me feel 1% better? And everyone's answer is going to look different. A self-care practice for me might be Pausing might be not getting back to someone immediately, taking a moment to think about it. Self-care for you might be going to bed at 8 p.m. Everyone's self-care looks different, but there's basic human needs that need to be met, and that's nourishing your mind, your body, your soul. That's connecting with your spirituality, connecting with other humans. It's making sure that you're eating three meals a day. It's making sure that you're um, sleeping, (laughs) An infamous saying that I hear, especially from overachievers, is I'll ask some clients, especially when they first start working with me, how much are you sleeping? And some will say four, five hours a night, six hours a night. Okay, well, the recommendation is is at least eight hours for an adult. And no, you're not the magical exception to that rule. You're not the magical exception to science. Sleep matters. Sleep allows you to form memories. It allows you to be more present. It allows your body to function better. Sleep is important. That should be on your self-care plan. That's a part of nourishing your body is getting adequate sleep, making sure you're drinking enough water. These are all basic human things. Water, sleep, movement, nourishment. Now, beyond that, that's where we get deeper. And before we get into the deeper stuff, it's important to note one of my favorite tools is something called HALT. HALT, Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. And this comes from 12-step programs, addiction programs. We make our worst decisions when we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So when you're experiencing any of those things, stop, pause, tend to your needs. If you're hungry, eat. If you're angry, what do you need to release the anger? If you're lonely, who can you reach out to? If you're tired, get some sleep and then make a decision. Now, going deeper, check in with yourself. Outside of those basic needs, there's other things that you need. You need to feel safe in relationships. 
You need to feel safe in work settings. What do you need to feel that safety? What does your body, your mind, and your spirit crave? And those deeper things will reveal themselves the more you start checking in with yourself, asking yourself questions, talking to yourself like you would a best friend, and sharing compassion with yourself. Self-care is a mind-body-soul experience. It's so much deeper than drinking a kale smoothie and getting a pedicure. It's so much deeper than that. It's looking within. The more we look within, the better questions we ask ourselves, the better we understand ourselves. The better we understand ourselves, the better we understand our needs, and we could then in turn make sure that our needs are met. Now, we talked earlier about self-compassion, about self-judgment, excuse me, self-judgment. We talked about how when you judge yourself harshly, when your inner critic is loud, that impacts every other area of your life. The antidote for self-compassion, for self-judgment is self-compassion. Self-judgment dies with self-compassion. And self-compassion really is talking to yourself like you would talk to a best friend. With the same love, the same curiosity, and with the intention of being present with yourself. My favorite resource for self-compassion is Shauna Shapiro's book, Good Morning, I Love You. One of my favorite books, and it changed my life, and I know it will change yours too. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And those are the the best ways to get started with shifting to self-focus. Recognizing when are you focusing on others. Recognize, okay, I'm focusing on others. And then ask yourself, what do I need to tend to myself? And another great action step would be looking at your week and deciding how can I plan in maintenance care for myself every single day? And start with a checklist. Am I eating three times a day? Am I sleeping three times a day? Am I drinking enough water? Am I moving my body at least 30 minutes per day? How am I speak? Then get into the deeper stuff. How am I speaking to myself? Um, For me, part of my self-care practices or my self-care daily practice, I should say, is three non-negotiables. Every day, when am I going to move my body? Number two, when am I going to connect with myself? And for me, a part of connecting with myself is connecting spiritually, having prayer time, meditation time, journaling time. And number three, when am I going to connect with another human being? Because... Having human interaction is so, so important. If that hasn't been highlighted by this pandemic enough, we all know human interaction is important. So those are my three non-negotiables. But think to yourself, what are my non-negotiables? And my non-negotiables have changed. There was a season in my life where I was really bad at eating three meals per day. Now, another one of my non-negotiables, which happens automatically without thinking, is I eat five times a day. I eat three meals and two snacks, sometimes sometimes even more snacks. <laughs> so just being mindful of what do you need to feel complete and what can your three non-negotiables be daily and keep them evergreen, evolve, evolve over time and adjust your non-negotiables as self-care practices come a part of your come become a part of your normal routine. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope this got you thinking how can you tend to your own needs? In upcoming episodes, we're going to get deeper into self-care. We're going to talk more about worthiness, and um, we're going to keep moving forward together. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you in the next episode. 
Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light, and I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.